This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly dick. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area. It's THN. We call it cover to cover. It's our live talk show. We do it on Saturdays. Today is Saturday, December 4th. So we're doing it. And my name is Matt Bump. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing it? Or are we? No, we can't do it. Or are we? That's against the Doing it. Uh, I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. I'm real loopy today. I just, I apologize. Like I said, I got three and a half hours sleep this uh, last night. I was up very late. Uh, watching Bram Stoker's Dracula because that's what you do on a Friday night. Okay. In uh, December. I mean, I <laughs> happy like holidays. Dracula. Yeah, it's great. Every Saturday morning at eleven Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course the question of the week live with our listeners. It's like Joey said, this is a live show. We need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find the link at the top of our live stream over on the Faces book. You can call us at 402-819-4894 or click our Facebook Call Now button, or you can just chat with us right there in the Facebook Live chat if that's your thing, all right? If you can't be here live, that's fine. Leave us a message at the phone number or shoot an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we open the phone lines to talk to these jerks, we need to talk about some nerd news and then uh, reset a question of the week. But we always begin with our nerdy opinions of the weekly Nerd news. Nerd news. It was a quick one. Uh, it's a drive-by. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. Before we begin, just a heads up, we may be discussing recent nerdy TV and movies. Uh, notably this week, we've got Star Trek Discovery and Hawkeye, uh, which hit Disney Plus last week uh, during our holiday Thanksgiving break. Uh, we will let you know if there's going to be spoilers, if and when it comes up. It doesn't always come up. Yeah. Uh, first up, Tom Holland's Spidey is sticking around the MCU. Uh, in nerd bet news this week, Matt was wrong, and Sony is not kidnapping Spider-Man to make him fight several different colored Venoms, never to mention the Avengers again. <laughs> During an interview with Fandango, Spidey producer Amy Pascal said No Way Home is not the last Sony Marvel Spidey team-up and that they are currently planning what they call another uh, quote-unquote trilogy of Spidey films with Holland. Zendaya and director John Watts. Oh, sorry. Holland, comma, Zendaya and director John Watts. All of them. <laughs> yes, all th- all of them. Uh, except, I don't know. I hope the new Betty Brandt is there because she's uh, She's great. Funny. She's, yeah. she's super great. Disney and Sony had no comment. Uh, in fact, I actually think that some of somebody came out and said, we have not announced this. They I was like, okay. Did. Which means you just announced it. Great job. Uh, Sony says the no comment and that no new deals have been signed at this time, but it sounds like good news for Spidey fans. Matt, I'm just going to put a check mark in the win column for this one. So for the record, I am happy to be wrong about this. This uh, yeah, is not I, a I thing I just don't I understand why you happen. were fighting so hard about being so wrong because for so long all signs pointed to it we even had a what, what signs tom what holland signs? 
in a GQ interview earlier this month said, maybe it's time for me to move on. This is a direct quote. Maybe that's what's best for Spider-Man. That does not. Maybe it's time for them to do a Miles Morales film. (laughs) This is the star of the movie saying like, I have to take Peter Parker into account as well because he is an important part of my life. If I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, I've done something wrong. That sure sounds like (laughs) there's problems here. But why does passing the torch to Miles preclude them from being part of the MCU? That's the part I don't get. That's and not, also the part you've never been able to properly explain. That is other than multi, there has Sony's been multiple mad. quotes from several people. This deal, whatever it is, just got done. It absolutely right. did. Just like the just like the last deal that got done and the first deal that got done, where you also swore that Sony would never let Spider Man be part of the MCU. I look. So I you've been wrong about this, and now this is to be like wrong a, about a hat trick of your of your wrong attitude. I am happy to be wrong about it because I want Spider Man here. My question I'm just happy is: you, I'm happy when you're wrong in general. Where do we go so, with Spider Man next after this? Uh, I do think that I I I would love if the new trilogy uh, kind of pumped the brakes on. Peter's like I know I just made a bunch of jokes about him being in the MCU, but I'd like them to pump the brakes on the idea that he's like Tony was his mentor, and he's the next Tony. Yeah, and he's in it. Like, yeah, no, just let him be Spider Man. Let this next trilogy be about him mentoring Miles. Yeah, in or, the same way that uh, Tony mentored him, and let that be about passing the torch. Or I don't even need that. I just like to see Spidey do some Spidey stuff, and maybe it not be the end of the world for once in a Marvel movie. Like I've had a lot of fun with all the Marvel movies. I'm not complaining about Marvel movies, but it would be nice if we could have one that isn't the end of the world. <laughs> oh well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Let's just see Spidey doing some Spidey stuff. I'd like to see some personal. Spidey stuff. Well, I mean, to be fair, the first two movies weren't about the end of the world. They were about the Vulture and Mysterio. I like, suppose. Yeah, that's so, but yes. I, like, look, you let the dude like we've had very little of of him being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. We can agree. We can agree on that. Yeah. Uh, so, you yeah, like, like we don't need super duper high stakes for every single Spider-Man story. No. And so, yes, I, I I hope that's what they do. I hope they go in in a much more like Spider-Man centric direction yeah, and less in an Avengers centric. And there's direction. so many great Spider-Man stories that we we could see told that we haven't done yet. So let's get into it. That's all I'm saying. And by all means, introduce Miles. Yeah. And at the end of maybe maybe he dies in the third one or something or retires or whatever. I don't know. Or blinks out of existence. But yeah, it would be nice to see Miles introduced. Or maybe he just stops. He, why is he going to die? You That's, and characters having to die for When was the reason. last time that ever happened in any That's another book? thing. <laughs> you know how many times Peter Parker has retired from being Spider-Man? Yeah. Lots. And you know how many times he's come back? Every time. <laughs> so, well, that's like, true. Nobody yeah, I mean, retires yeah, that, and nobody stays dead. Come on. I, uh, I get it. I mean, I understand that's true, but like, yo, let the kid be out. Just let the kid be. Yeah. In other news, fear or future state finally comes to a head scratching end. James Tinney and the four saw his final issue of Batman hit the stands this week. And it left many of us asking, what the crap did I just read? <laughs> as you may recall, this past January, DC saw their books jump five years ahead as part of their future state event. Not five, a question mark. They were they were nebulous. They oh, they, you're right. They jumped question mark ahead. Right, right. Five years ahead was, um. that was future's end. That's right. That's New right. 52 future's end. That was, we don't talk about that. Regardless, they jumped question mark ahead and then they jumped back. All the bat books began crawling toward what looked like future state continuity, but they called it fear state. Now, note, 
none of the other DC titles followed suit. So, Joe, well, here's my question. What else followed suit? Superman. Did it? Superman went into space uh, to do war world stuff. And I mean, now I suppose, John Kent but is Superman Metropolis is not in a bottled city oh, or anything. Yeah, okay. But you, <laughs> like, we're, you said crawl towards, right? It's not, we're not like doing the exact storylines. I don't Fair think enough. we're ever going to do the exact storylines from future state. They already did those stories. So Joe, here's my question. What yeah. did we read? Was it future state? Was fear state something different, but similar. And was this the most confusing and possibly badly planned bat event ever? Well, I mean, I think the most, no, we read war games, so no. Say uh, what you will for war games. It flowed and it made sense it, and we knew it, what we were reading. It was terrible. Did, did it though. <laughs> it was very bad. But at I, no point I, in war games did I go, wait a minute. Didn't they conclude this story three issues ago and sure, acting yeah, like it no, didn't yeah, happen yeah, yeah, here? Right, and like, <laughs> you know? uh, So first off, like I, I would just like to state for the record that um, we've spent an inordinate amount of time obsessing over this particular story. Uh, and now we're still doing so not only after it's over, but after we had already established that future state was a what if and not a for sure. Right. I will agree with you that uh, it is very confusing that they named it something very similar, that they immediately jumped right into it right. and then started doing many of the same ideas and then just ended them. That's the thing that we talked about earlier this week when we read this, where I said, okay, let's say we got an issue of what if Wolverine joined S.H.I.E.L.D. And then we have this one issue of Wolverine being in S.H.I.E.L.D. and doing S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. We're like, that was fun. And then it's over. And then the Wolverine comic promptly went to a story where Wolverine joins S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) But it's just a little different, you know? (laughs) Sure, right. Um, What are you doing? (laughs) It's it's compounded by the um, I Am Batman comic. Yeah. Which... I swear to God, takes place in the future, but I can't tell that for sure. Like, I can't, you can't quote me on it. I can't prove it. But he says Batman has not been seen for six years. Yes, and it's right. not just it, him, it, multiple characters. So yeah, it's not like yeah. they're all just speaking hyperbolically. Multiple characters I, say, no, Batman has been around for six years. Right. No. And, and I also know that, like, we did get some, we did get some explanation for why in the pages of Fear State, Batman had been missing. Right. He, he had been captured. He was being held prisoner in the bowels of Arkham Asylum or whatever. Wasn't six um, years. <laughs> but no. Um, and so like you've got you've got these overlapping themes, right? Like Batman is gone. But you can't keep track of like, wait, how long is this? How long has he been gone? When did it, when is this taking place? And then you've got I am Batman. You've got the new Batman. They keep hinting about a new Batman running around in the pages of the current day fear state comic yeah. but i am batman i swear to god this takes place in the future right and i cannot circle that square and if you look at the, uh, the I don't official understand dc what's reading order the official dc reading order has i am batman zero as the first book in the fear state checklist uh, but you know what else was a part of the fear state uh checklist task force z what? Yeah. I didn't think that. I thought that that book was an Elseworld. <laughs> right. Like, what is even happening? I, I don't get it. I, no, I don't get it either. Um, I don't get it either. I, and, and, but, and like, part of me just wants to say, you know what? It's over. Let's move on. Yeah. But I, I, I just, like, I'm so puzzled how something we were so excited for in, uh, as far as, like, a creator's run right. could have gone so wrong. Yeah. Like, 
And I, it's, like, it's hard there's no to blame. reason why there's no reason why we should not have been able to fully enjoy a Batman written by James Tynion. I totally agree. And that's the other problem. A lot of these books were really good. Individually taken on their own. Were yes. really good. And it removed from all context. Without knowing what's going on and calling our shot, which we love doing the show, it sure seems like a weird editorial decision that was very forced. Yeah. Uh, so um Future State was um, kind of this weird little, um, we're going to mark time for two months and put all of our other books on hold for some reason. Um, very similar to the way that Convergence was. Yeah. Um, but that we knew it's because they were moving across country. DC was moving from New York to sure. Burbank. Sure. And um <clears throat> And so, yeah, okay, so we have this little mini event. They made jokes, uh, like Bleeding Cool made jokes about it. They called it the DC Band-Aid. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's fine. And there were some good convergence stories and there were some terrible convergence stories. But at the end of it, none of it really mattered except for we got the old Superman back. Yeah. With Future State, I don't remember why they did it. I, I don't remember if there was a reason why they put every book on hold to do this thing. Yeah. And maybe there was one. It's not. It's not really relevant anymore. Well, but didn't, wasn't this was at the same time they were supposed to do like the they had the big right before the deal oh, got right. fired. It was going to be five G. Five G was going to be yeah. yes. It was going to be um, uh, generations or whatever it was called. Right. Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. Absolutely right. You're right. And um, I. I think. Yeah. I think that this was the product of DC shifting gears hard. Right. In the wake of Dan DiDio's firing. Yeah, just a violent course correct. And they went, screw it. This will be our, we'll yeah. just do this. This will be right. our big event. Um, and now, while we had some really nice future state comics that were good and not confusing, they were standalone. Don't worry about it. We've got this Batman status quo that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and like Batman's went, leaving Gotham now. Well, I guess they don't need me. Maybe, you know, maybe it's time sure, for me to, right. yeah. yeah like he's literally in this issue. He's, he, but he like, he's not upset. He feels good about it. No, no, no. He's yeah, like, no, Gotham's he's just, in a good place with right. these new characters that I barely know. And right. one was a murderer less than this, a year ago. This teen, <laughs> this, I, I think this teenager with a baseball bat right. is really going to step up. And the ghost maker who carries a sword, but doesn't kill people with it, yeah. you know, and like, and the unsanity. <laughs> crew like they're gonna right. just take uh, care of gotham i'm out of here <laughs> like go, go, ghost maker looks like orpheus but dressed in all white instead of all purple uh and okay. it's just I was like say, i was gonna say snake eyes meets storm shadow meets orpheus yes uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, look I, we need to move past this but yeah. yeah yeah it was it's a mess and i'm glad it's over and i'm grateful for a new creative team coming on batman even if it's only for six months definitely and then we get a new ongoing writer, whether it's Bendis or whomever. Sure. Um, but yeah, like this whole thing was a disaster. Just a mess. And uh, I just, I don't get it. Like we were able to fold John Kent into the Superman books and do the war world story in yeah. a way that makes perfect sense. Right. And we don't need to worry about like how far in the future anything was. Though I was a little bit confused about Superman and the authority. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. We don't need to talk about it. But yeah, it's just, what a what a mess. Our last news story of the week. The big news. The big the story. Big you might call it the big nerd news. The big nerd news. The multiverse of mutant madness? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> this week, Marvel dropped six teasers for the upcoming 
X of Destiny X Men event. Not really an event. It's more kind of like um, Reign of X and Dawn of X, Status or like quo, the, perhaps, the, yeah. the 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 acts, if you will, of sure. with this era. Uh, it looks like it looks to hint at the involvement of multiple eras or time periods for the characters and by extension, the entire mutant corner of the Marvel universe. Uh, very similar to the whole uh, Moira timeline thing. I would wager. I think she's going to be front and center. And so is destiny things we're going to talk new- about that. I have in the bullet points here. Oh, so hey, let's all right, just keep rolling. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the good news is that the X titles weren't confusing at all to begin with. So, no. Uh, Matt, are you excited for Team Hickman to go full future state? <laughs> right. It's like we just left this. <laughs> and I I mean, I get it. You know, this is not a new idea for comics, like a glimpse into the future and whatever. But I think Destiny is a very clever way to do this because she does see the future and she's seeing fractured futures is what it looks like. Cause like if we look in the images, you see like Magneto, good guy, Magneto, bad guy. Well, it's past, present, future. It's, it's not all future. So it's, it's like, are they, or are they different glimpses of the future? No, it's, it's, uh, I believe it's past, present, future because you've got like Wolverine dressed as patch. And then you've got Wolverine wearing weird matrix suit, you know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess cause yeah, like definitely if you look at, well, I don't know if it is, because some of them looks like you've got Mr. Sinister in his old costume, but kind of being a hero. Mr. Sinister is a king, and then Mr. Sinister accepting some kind of award. You've got Hope so Summers. Uh, like, so there are possible what-ifs, right? Yeah. Uh, is, yeah. What I'm, uh, is what I'm guessing, because, yeah, so we uh, we have Magneto and Krakoa. We've got Magneto and Red being probably evil. Right. And then Magneto, like, abandoning his helmet and going off all sulky like yeah um so i mean what that means i don't know uh the wolvie with a techno organic virus though that got me <laughs> i love it yeah like, but yeah yes. you are you are right so i think that these are alternate timelines yeah and um it, where we are seeing past histories uh we are we are seeing alternate pasts alternate presence and alternate future right and it works with the moira timeline where she has had several lives and in those lives had to do certain things to sort of steer everything where she thinks it needs to go. We still don't quite know why that is unfolding in Inferno presently, but it's still kind of secretive as to what it is. Yeah. Destiny is the only one that looks the same in all of the pictures though. Which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, like this hope, this one, this one about hope, uh, hope summers, like the first one is hope as kind of professor in a professor X role. Well, I think that's where she was. She put on the helmet and she, and she, you know, resurrected destiny because they tricked her into doing it. Oh, I don't remember that. Maybe. Yeah. But then we got Mystique looked like Professor X came in and said, we're going to bring Destiny back. And they were like, oh, okay. And Mystique doesn't know how to do the thing with the like putting their memories into your body. So she was like, why don't you try it, Hope? And it worked. So, But then then we've got, you know, Hope in a war-torn future. Might might not be the future, but, you know, big gun, like like when she ran around with Cable and then Hope on the Quiet Council, uh, you know, calling the shots. Um, it looks fun. Yeah, I think it, it, it does look fun. Uh, I, I think. Oh, uh, the reason I said it was past, present, and future is because we had Patch Wolverine, Wolverine in his current brown outfit, and yeah. Techno Organic Wolverine. Yeah, but it, like it could be anything. Alternate timelines, uh, similar to Moira. Right. What Moira was living through. So I am uh, very curious to see that new kind of status shift. Uh, does this mean that it is 
they are finally moving forward to the next act and Hickman's coming back. I don't know. I think so. It sure looks like it. And here's the other thing. I trust them to do this. I trust them. The X-Men as confusing and weird as it's been has been mysterious, not confusing in the sense where like, I don't understand where this is taking place or why that happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, right. Like I'm getting very following. Good. Like yeah. I'm, they, they have a pretty firm grasp on the order of events in the X-Books, except for that brief little hiccup where we were like, oh, the trial of Magneto is supposed to be over by the time Inferno starts. Yeah. Uh, which spoiler alert, trial of Magneto is worthless. You don't need to even be reading it. And still not over, by the way. It's still there's, going. There's one issue to go, and it's not really about Magneto at all. It's about the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I think this looks fun. And I, I like this whole, uh, you know, we said this before when Inferno got announced is that we've been waiting for this whole thing with Mystique to come to a boil since the beginning of Dawn of X. Right. It's full steam ahead. I'm ready. Totally. All right. Let's talk to these jerks, see what they have to say about it. But first, I need to reset that damn question of the week. I can never remember what it is. I'll do it. I got it. This week's question was submitted by Guillermo Rodriguez uh, from the THN Facebook fan group. Quote, so I randomly found Crystar number eight in one of my long boxes, and I don't ever remember buying it. For those of you that may not recall, uh, Crystar number eight has the uh, creepy monster skull on the cover that Danzig swiped for his logo. Yeah, <laughs> which was great because like for a while there, there was like a joke running around the comic shop or like where like you'd go to a metal show and see some dude with like a dancing tattoo we're like oh man i love chris star too that's kick ass yeah, right and yeah. they'd be like what are you, you talking chris about star, chris the Warrior man. Uh, look it up dork <laughs> uh guillerme says uh i am a huge dancing fan so i'm very happy and also confused <laughs> has anyone ever found a gem in your collection that you don't remember getting and then feeling like you struck gold all over again i love it and we'll get into it with you, nerds, beginning with Mr. Damon Chan. Damon, how are you today, sir? Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you? Or good afternoon, I guess, at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just about. We're almost there. We're about 30 Yeah, we're central, we're central time, yeah. so we're a little, uh, we're a half hour behind. To you on yeah, the call. Time zones, how do they work? Yeah, anyway, yeah, right. but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Spider-Man news. <laughs> Spider-Man staying in the MCU. Look, yeah. I have to say, anyone who thought that maybe he was gone... It's, you know, I'm not going to say out of both of you, which one that was, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, to be fair, the uh, MCU actors lie. We, we know this. That's true. And that's yes. true. You know, and you know, Tom Holland in particular has been caught like, you know, spilling the goods quite a few times <laughs> already. And I don't even like poor Tom Holland. I don't even know if it's that Tom Holland lies. It's just that like, they don't tell Tom Holland things yeah. because they know he can't be trusted. Right. Exactly. <laughs> For all we know, he, they probably told him, well, this is your last movie, kid. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. oh, yeah that's true. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Zendaya so. as well. She was like, it's so sad. We're never going to get to do this again. And they're like, why'd you say that? She's like, um, was I not supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can see both like Kevin Feige and Amy Passel saying, well, guys, I guess it's the end of the road. You're like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We had a good three movies. We had a good run. Right. Yeah. They probably have handlers, too, that like follow them around to make sure they're not yeah. seeing anything yep. or saying anything. So. Right. And immediately after that conversation, you can see like Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige right afterwards. Like, well, uh, yeah, we got to get this deal nailed up for the next three movies. But right. we'll tell them later. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> yeah, anyway. totally. I love uh, it. 
Yeah, but um, I did want to talk about Hawkeye real quick because I had a very interesting yes. reaction. Well, not me so much as as my wife, which I'll explain in a second. Um, so Hawkeye, um, no spoilers. Damon, I didn't even know you were married. What? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's been Jesus three years now, four years. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. congratulations! Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, but we were, you know, my wife and I, we watch, um, a lot of, you know, most of the MCU stuff together, pretty much all, all of it from the very beginning. Right. Um, so Hawkeye, uh, just for, you know, non-spoiler type of reaction to it. I liked it. I thought there was very good chemistry between Jeremy Renner oh, and, yeah. uh, Haley Seinfeld. It's good banter back and forth. They're fantastic. Remind of the fra- yeah. I love, uh, it reminds me of the fractured run quite a bit. Um, I marked out when I saw uh, the tracksuit mafia because I've yeah. been wanting to see them in live action. They're so for, good, too. Like, All of them is like running around calling bro, each other bro. Yeah. <laughs> bro, bro. <Yes. laughs> yeah, she so, is guy yeah. in suit, bro. <laughs> like, she's not no, I, guy I just, in suit. <laughs> oh my God. I just cracked up every time they were on screen. Uh, and the third episode, I don't know if you guys caught up to that yet, but yes, it was, yes. Uh, yes, very one of my favorite action sequences um, so far. In oh, uh, okay. So here, here is the portion of the show. Show where I will warn you that we are going to talk about spoilers. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I loved episode three so much. It was it's probably amazing. my favorite episode of MCU television. Yeah, it was ever. amazing, yeah. and the way uh, that they introduced Echo, that character, that yes. like the deaf portions and the sign yeah. language, and like that was touching. It was a nice it was little. Co- it was a nice callback to that um, the sign language elements in the fraction in Aja. Yeah, um, that's right, Hawkeye. Um, but uh, I, I love that they've incorporated that into the MCU with Clint. Um, but uh, the fight in the 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 the, the car chase battle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I made a I made a joke on Twitter that uh, freeway fight is the new hallway fight, <laughs> and uh, I stand by it because that was an amazing piece of action and cinematography. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't. I've I had friends ask what they saw, but. Um, I just want to point out how much I cackled at my television when uh, Kate fires that arrow into the air. Same here. Oh, my God. And oh, and the PIM. The <laughs> PIM particle <laughs> arrow. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, Hawkeye shoots a, an arrow with a glowing blue arrowhead at Kate's arrow, and it turns into a skyscraper <laughs> <Yep>. and <laughs> smashes that van. And uh, the bridge, by the way, which, or, like, yeah, uh, yeah maybe. The Brooklyn Bridge. Whatever. Might be in trouble yeah. for that. Yeah. I don't like, know. I, <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would that what an ingenious thing. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I am also I, I don't know and I don't think I've ever seen that in a comic. I, I don't think know. they've ever no. done like I don't make think so. Hawkeye's arrows big. I don't they've think so. I mean, you'd that. you'd think they would have done something like this at that point, especially like yeah. they've used pin particles before well, we know we fired Ant Man a few different times. Right. But, yeah, and that's yeah. a and that is a classic that's a classic thing, you know, from that Avengers yeah. cover where Hawk uh, Ant Man is like holding on for dear life on right. the on the top of that. Arrowhead and like they did that in Civil War, which was great. But like the idea was like, yeah, why wouldn't you just pack that thing full of pin particles, right? And make it super big or super small as needed. Okay, That's quick a, sidebar: genius. Who did it first? Did Hawkeye shoot Amion first, or did Green Arrow shoot the Atom first? Or was it um, one of those like well, same month? Um, who knew? You know, <laughs> I I don't remember. Uh, Green Arrow shooting the Atom being a thing in DC Comics. Uh, that Avengers cover is from the 80s, and then that that issue of JLA that we constantly talk about is from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give credit to Marvel for that idea. Okay. 
All right. Um, I mean, you're, I, I just didn't know if it had happened before in the. It's not. Well. It's not. Yeah, like I a, can't uh, think uh, uh, To my knowledge, as a, as a lifelong DC fan, it is not a known thing where okay. it's like, yeah, the Adam climbs on top of an, of an arrow and the green arrow shoots it. Yeah. I don't know that that's a thing. Okay. Right. So let's go back to Hawkeye echo instantly. Oh. Very, very interesting. And, and I the now want thing. to is see an echo shirt. That, like, I don't give a shit about echo. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care. She was like, cool. I'm sorry. I mean, no, she was cool in the she's, daredevil. She's book, fine. But I, mean, I didn't I, think like, like, she's fine in daredevil. There's a character I need a TV show about, you know, like, well, and all, and I, all like you don't make the, why do we care that echo was the Phoenix now? Stop. I don't, yeah, that, I don't care. That I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, dumb. Jason That's Aaron. Dumb. He can't, Jason Aaron. He just, he can't let it go with the Phoenix. Um, but, uh, Echo in the show was immediately compelling. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Um, and you know, like, let's get to this thing that I hope we're all thinking about. It's got to be. Is that um, they show a very, uncle, very yeah. brief, brief flash of uncle yep. um, stroking her or pinching her cheek and laughing. And I swear to you, if that's not Vincent D'Onofrio, I will burn my face. He to made be. you. Oh. But he's been lying too about that. Yes. Maybe. We don't know. Possibly. I, he's like, I, I have no idea. You know, I'm not having been cast. I don't know what you're talking about. It, it has well, to be Vincent D'Onofrio. He, makes a, he <laughs> yep. makes a lot of like vague statements where it's like, mm-hmm. ah, I've been reading a lot of this for no particular yep. reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop it. There's only uh, one MCU kingpin and it better be him if, yeah. if they do reveal yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like there's no... It, Particularly coincidentally, I swear to God, I rewatched the first episode of Daredevil last night, um, and it's just like, yeah, they, they, there's no reason that they could not insert most of the Netflix Marvel shows oh, into yeah. the yeah. MCU. Okay, and what better way to bring? And I'm not saying this is happening. This is not me calling my shot or saying studio leaks have now shown. I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, we we have no we have but no knowledge. What better way to bring? daredevil into the mcu than with the echo story and the yeah, kingpin yeah. and like Just let's focus him. in on crime in new york for a bit go more street level this yeah. is a yep. perfect and, like we that. already there's already like rampant rumors about charlie cox showing up in spider-man lawyer yep. as matt murdoch um and god know, bless charlie cox because i don't think charlie cox lies he seems to run away and hide whenever they're like yeah, charlie, he he's like no. at all <laughs> he avoids it completely. Um, <laughs> there was a there was something that claimed to be leaked footage like a screenshot of leaked footage i don't know if it was fake or not but where it was like here's yeah, charlie I saw that too. Co- here's charlie yeah. cox in the parker apartment kitchen with marissa tomei and foggy yeah and peter uh, because like the cops are after Peter, we know it because mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's being interrogated, right, in the trailer. So like it makes perfect sense that like yeah, we, we've got She-Hulk coming, mm-hmm. we've got what appears yeah. to be or better be uh, the return of the greatest per- portrayal of Kingpin since John Reese Davies was oh, a geez. fully bearded Kingpin in the oh, trial God. of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I still remember that, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and like, if they aren't, if like, what are we even doing here? If they are not, if they are not cherishing what worked, yeah. Uh, what are we even doing? Yeah, because it's a, it's a, yeah. It's not even a fun tease at that point. They would just be no, mean. No. It would be mean. Not, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's just mean. It's mean. Uh, yeah, and you know, I'll even go one further. At this stage, if they really want to say, well, the Netflix doesn't count. The multiverse is just another version of them and they exist. Like, it doesn't and, matter. And I, yeah. right, I don't even like fine. If you want to say that those stories didn't happen, fine. Yeah. But like there's no reason like 
get Mike Coulter back. Get, yes, yes, please. Oh, God. Yes. Get Kristen Ritter back. Like, we don't have to mention Iron Fist. We don't even have to talk about Oh, yeah, that's true. Fist. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, leave it that's alone. Yeah, nobody's, yeah, yeah. nobody's clamoring for an Iron Fist movie. We already got Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and uh, it's like, yeah, let's just move on, move on, bring them in. It worked. It's great. Just do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree. And, and one last thing I got to go for, I, I do want to go back to my first point, the, the interest and reaction that my wife had to Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, right, right. So apparently, um, this is at the end of the second episode. She watches towards the end, you know, the part where basically, um, uh, where Jeremy Renner gets himself captured and, yeah, you know, yeah. then, yeah, basically has to set it up. She literally gets up and says, this is too predictable. I can't watch anymore. And I was just like, wait, what? I was actually kind of dumbfounded, quite frankly. I I didn't know what to say. Predictable. Like, she knows that he did it on purpose, right? Yes, that's what I said. And I was just, and she was just like, yeah, I I figured he did it on purpose, but whatever. She's going to mess it up, but she did. But the next scene, he pops in the skylight. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know that. Like, it was interesting, though, because I think what actually she was starting to get a little like, um, peeved about was some of the dialogue was derivative she said which i can give her for the first episode or two because it was very slow starting but you know but once that the end of that second episode and towards the third it's like now i'm like in this right now i personally loved it as a larping scene that was my i loved the the larping scene (laughs) i absolutely it was great it was totally it was hilarious and it was great let me ask you this yeah who's stepdad who is he Hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh. We know who that is. Who he is, is the swordsman. swordsman. Is he the swordsman? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So right. Uh, so some Marvel history for for those that uh, don't know it, and I couldn't blame you if you didn't. Um, the swordsman, or uh, pardon me, the character, the the future stepdad of Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye show is named Jack Duquesne. Right. Um, in the comics, the swordsman is a man named Jacques Duquesne. Right. Yep. And mm-hmm. he is the man that trained Hawkeye. And he is yep. a Kotati plant human. No, that's not <laughs> oh, the real sort okay. of yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, sort of. But, uh, I'm not wrong. The, the, original, yeah. uh, the original swordsman was a living, breathing human man named Jacques Duquesne. He was a circus performer and a crook on the Same side. circus, yep. Right, and he, trained, he trained young Clint Barton. And I don't think, I, I doubt we're going to get that, obviously, because they're... No. They're practically the same age. But they'll and, do something uh, like they worked together or something, right? Maybe, no. maybe, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, um, but uh, I'll hint at it. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like he, uh, I, when he shows up in his smarmy, like with his shitty little mustache. Oh, and, that mustache, like, man! Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> Love uh, it. And then they and they called him. Uh, they called him Jack Duquesne. I was like, okay, yeah. And then he stole the sword. He stole the Ronin sword, and then mm-hmm. he, um, he pretended to not be a good fencer, and then totally ate Kate's lunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. Okay. He's so the swordsman, I admit, I don't know the swordsman history, so I did not pick up on it. I, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Uh, they changed his name from Jacques to Jack. Uh, that wouldn't guess, have done it for me either. I still would have been like, I know, right. but still like, what? he can't, he can't I, be, he can't be French. Like why? <laughs> but whatever. I vaguely remembered him from like a, one of those first issues where Hawkeye first showed up. And that's the only reason yeah. I had a back issue of that. And was like, I remember that guy. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and like, so they did, they did have some swordsman flashback scenes in the fraction Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it wasn't like a huge, like it wasn't, no, it was uh, definitely not. It, yeah, it, it was, was not like the passing. main part of the narrative throughout the series. It was just something they did. Sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, oh, you know, and it may have even been in the, um, 
if I'm recalling it, they may have done it more in the second series that Jeff Lemire wrote. Uh, where yeah. they did a lot more. They did I did a lot not more read the Hawkeye entire, at the circus stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't just read the entire that. Jeff Lemire one, so maybe I mi- I missed all that. Then yeah, Jeff Lemire, so Ramon, Ramon Perez. They did a lot more about like here and here's Hawkeye and Barney running away to the circus, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, but yes, uh, so swordsman, he's the swordsman. Yep. Okay, correct. Well, uh, yeah, anyway. Damon, good to talk to you. Yep, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yep. I have been having a ton of fun with Hawkeye. It's wonderful, but I need someone to call him. Hawk guy, and I needed to happen. Oh yes, no, I was really like. <laughs> uh, I was actually kind of diso. That was actually a moment of disappointment where uh, one of the tracksuit Draculas actually does say his name, and he calls him Hawkeye. Yeah, I wish it'd be like, hey Hawkeye. Like, just, just, just make him say Hawk guy. Like why? Just do it. JD, how are you this morning, buddy? Good, good, good. So uh, I did want to talk about you know the most anticipated television of the year for me obviously, which was uh, the announcement of the new drag queens for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, man. Casey, <laughs> my wife, Casey, is so excited. In fact, we're going to the very, I can't remember what it's called. It's like the very drag queen Christmas thing that X. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, RuPaul drag queens come and do. Yeah. We went to it like a couple of years ago. It was the best. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> and filthy. Oh, my God, they're filthy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, I wanted to talk about Hawkeye, of course. Um so, did you notice the other uh, fraction of Aja, like Easter egg in the in the second episode? What was what it? Mean? I don't know. The guy, uh, the guy that he gets the costume from at the uh, at the LARP festival. Oh, yeah. Grills. Yes, his name's they, Grills. His name was Grills. Oh, okay, okay which okay. which made me happy and sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, so. I think they're obviously. I think they are definitely going to go the uh, Jacques de Morn is the swordsman and trained Hawkeye, or is part of Hawkeye's past. You, yeah. Thing. I know their ages are similar, but I think he's going. To, I think it's going to be. So I was trying to look it up real quick. In the second issue of Fractionage's Hawkeye, they have the the Circus of Crime uh, issue. It's a story. Yeah. And there's a swordsman there that 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 hawkeye fights who studied under the swordsman yeah and there there have been multiple characters think, named the swordsman right um, right but when they fought they like oh you also studied under so 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 and so blah 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 right. so i think they're going to blend those two i think i think jacques is going to if if it's an age issue i think jacques kate's soon to be stepdad is going to be someone who studied under the same person clint did so, okay. So it'll be like somebody trained both this guy and Clint is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. And that, and that, and that way we can still have Clint's link to the swordsman. They know each other. We can get some Clint backstory, which is the thing I really hope we get more than anything else in this series. And I think we will in the next episode because the first episode we had Kate's backstory. Yeah. Third episode we had Echo's backstory. I think we're going to get Clint's sooner or later sooner or later well you have yeah. to i mean He's, and that's something we've never really seen yeah no not we've, not we've MC gotten Clint. we've gotten hints about his past as a shield agent or an assassin with natasha right but um like the origin of hawkeye we've never we've never seen um can i can i just say like and i, and I know it might not be the most popular thing but um i really love good dad hawkeye <laughs> 
Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. It's the best. It's the best. He won Hawk, me over. Yeah, he, Hawkeye, he won me Hawkeye over. As a, Hawkeye as a loving husband and father, I know yeah. that he's not a husband and a father in the comics. I know. Uh-huh. But um, I, I love Hawkeye's family. Love them. And they did it. And they did a brilliant thing with his wife in the second episode when toward the end of the second episode, that phone call that he has after the LARP thing. And, you know, cause I know there's a lot of hate from the fans towards Hawkeye's family and they did the way that they scripted and performed that conversation on the phone. I think won me over for Clint's wife more than anything else in any of the films, which is just the whole, what's the play I'm going to do the old catch. Oh release. yeah. She's oh, his yeah, confidant. One of, yeah. Yeah. one of Nat's favorites. Right. Yeah. She's his confidant. She's his partner. Right. She's not just just some like worried. She's not just some damsel worried on the other end of a phone. Like she's. No, 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 no. And she's also not completely like naive or or ignorant to what's going on. Like she's. Right. Right. And and the way she spoke. So like you could tell that there was this lovingness towards Nat that wasn't like. uh, A will they won't they relationship thing. No, she was Aunt Matt is what she (laughs) was. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I don't mean to laugh at that. I, I'm. I'm flipping through Hawkeye number two when Kate is. Uh, she's sneaking around backstage and she calls one of the performers jerk the sole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sorry, that's a complete aside. Okay. But yeah, no, I. 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 I love. I love the relationship between. Uh, like I. I've said this before, and I understand that representation matters. And people were talking about like, oh, why can't we have? Why can't we have? Um, this was in, in regards to uh, the CW Supergirl. Um, mm. There's this huge contingent of Twitter fans uh, that are like uh, shipping, quote unquote, these characters. I hate that. Like, I don't, I'm too old to even think about yeah. shipping, yeah. but um, like this idea that, like, yeah, Kara uh, and um, Lena Luthor should have been, should have dated, right? And it's like, can't they, like, I get it, but of of all shows to to not um, think there's enough representation, right. Supergirl is not the one. It's full of, <laughs> right. It's like it's it's gay as the day is long that yeah. show, and yeah. uh, and it's like can't we just have characters that are best friends? That's right. what I want. I want yeah. characters that are friends, and like don't give me any bullshit about Hawkeye and Natasha having a secret romance or a pa- no. Yeah, they are friends. They are partners. Uh, they mm-hmm. are like they are uh, closer than blood. Right. And, it was the same and thing. That's in, what I want. They did and the same I love thing. that the wife also is a part of that. Yeah. The same thing yeah. in the most recent Star Wars, where like everyone's like, "Well, how come you know what's her head and John? Oh, Finn and Ray. Yeah, Finn yes. and Ray. Right. Well, they are. Well, come they didn't kiss. How come they're not? Like, chill the fuck or, out. Men and women can be right. friends. Awesome. It's a crazy idea. I know. I am friends. I would have much rather friends is a real woman. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> I, I would have much rather they'd make, yeah, like couple up Finn and Poe. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes, uh, like I just want them. Just let them be friends. Let yeah. them be friends. It's okay to have friendships. I also think it, it, like it makes the relationship even more interesting. Quite yeah. honestly, because well, how many times have we seen the romantic spy story? Like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you know. Like do we really need right. to do that again? <laughs> well, and also it would be interesting to see too uh, where they go because I know in 
Oh. I can't remember which I can't remember which show it was uh, which so shows coming up. Is it in Doctor Strange two that we're getting uh, America Chavez? Yes. I, is that is that too. confirmed? Yes. Yeah, yeah she's, she's they cast, they, oh, they cast her ages ago. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know. yeah. And I was just and I'm just remembering back in the comics, especially in, uh, Kelly Thompson's run of the uh, the friendship between Kate and America. Oh yes, Kate and America are great friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like uh, a lot of people talk about how you know, like uh, in in fiction, uh, particularly um, genre fiction, it's like please give us examples of. Uh, just like pure masculine friendship that's not about like being bro like toxic bros they were right. like where like they love each other you know they support each other and and right. like they're not afraid to show emotion and and Talk yes i agree with that i think it's <laughs> equally important to um have representation for friendships of different genders totally yeah. where it's like we don't have not every not every odd pairing of genders has to be romantic well you don't have right. to couple up everybody right we're gonna, we're gonna prove when harry met sally wrong yeah, yeah right exactly. right exactly right <laughs> and so like i i One love i love that dynamic between hawkeye his wife and natasha i love it yeah i yeah. think it's great i'm gonna say that uh you know <laughs> anyone who follows me on social media knows i've had a I've had a week, people. Uh, uh -oh. So, um, yeah. So, Hawkeye and Cowboy Bebop have been like the two things that I've just been reaching for to just like not be sad. Fair <laughs> enough. Sure. Yeah. No. That's fair good. enough. Uh, and watching, uh, and I've made the mistake occasionally of tipping, you know, of like clicking on a Google article about, you know, about reactions to the shows and stuff like that and yeah seeing yeah. these toxic man bros like you know hawkeye got it wrong because we don't need hawkeye to get replaced and i'm like are you fucking kidding me yeah, shut up yeah it's like <laughs> just okay, shut up yeah, you, you're sounding like charlottesville and i think the only reason why yeah. that that people like that weren't at charlottesville or at the capital is it involves cardio <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, I, I mean, I would have, I totally would have stormed the Capitol. Well, and like, but, okay, uh, we're, I'd we're, already gotten my steps in that. We day. don't want to replace Hawkeye. All right, fine. Guess what? Jeremy Renner is an actor that's been playing this part for how long? Sooner or later, years, yeah. he's going to be yeah, too old to do it. Three, Thirteen years he's been. He's also Hawkeye. probably getting tired of it. So, well, and also, right. <laughs> look, we have Kate to move on at some point. Kate was introduced how long ago? Right. And Marvel, yeah, it's just like you know, like my like been my a Hawkeye. The whole time Miles, uh, yeah. Miles Morales has been around for more than ten years. Yeah. Like we're we're not we're past this point where we are, where we are complaining it, about. Right. This is the same. Young Avengers is older than Miles. This is older the same that, as yeah. when people yeah. watch Game of Thrones and the Red Wedding episode came on, and they're like, "You can't do that. This is terrible." Like, and they yeah. interviewed you know author dude on he was on like Letterman or something, and he was like, "Well, I wrote that book." 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, yeah, yeah. I snapped at a coworker because they were talking about You're cowboy mad now? Like, you know? <laughs> Come on, guys. It's like that's the live action cowboy Bebop version. He's like, oh, it's just disrespectful to the original. And I'm like, why? Because Faye's not an anime blow up doll anymore? Right. right? Yeah. It's like, uh, look, I'm like, I'm here to tell you, as somebody from the outside of anime, right? I like, I watched the first episode of Cowboy Bebop live action, and then I immediately watched the first episode of Cowboy Bebop animated. Mm -hmm. And that cartoon is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, totally. It, I mean, it is it is everything about anime that you think anime is. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and not and that's not necessarily that's not bad. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but like, don't come at me like Cowboy Bebop as some sort of sacrosanct, 
uh, you know, sacred text because no, it's not. Fact, a, right. a little backstory I just recently learned is that Cowboy Bebop, the anime, was written by committee. Yeah. Specifically to target American audiences yes. and <laughs> give them what they thought Americans wanted. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it was, a, it was literally yeah, it's, a it's show that they made. It was a show that they made for, like, they were like, we're getting this on the Cartoon Network. This is going to be a huge yep. hit. Right. We're, like, it, it was like all a plan. It's like, it's like complaining that somebody has, um, uh, tainted the sanctity of the Backstreet Boys. It's like, no. <laughs> exactly. Or the monkeys, right? Like, it's like, like oh, hey, look, I love the monkeys. Leave They're the monkeys out of this. Leave the, the monkeys, monkeys out of this, boy, The monkeys are a boy band I'm that not gonna assembled hear by... Yeah, like, the monkeys were the, assembled by suits. The monkeys like, wrote not, their own music, sir! Okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and listen to you uh, talk crap about that, the monkeys, alright? Not on my show! That, that's the hill you're dying on, man. I love you for that. Oh my people God. Say I love monkey the monkeys! Around. People say they monkey around, but they're too busy singing, okay? Too busy singing to bring anybody down. Uh, anyway, yeah, JD, you, 100%, we are in total accord on this. Hawkeye is great. Cowboy oh, yeah. Bebop live action is great. Yeah. Uh, haters, haters gonna hate, and uh, yeah. guess what? Suck it. Taylor Swift taught if Taylor has taught us anything, <laughs> is that you just wait enough time and it all comes back around in your favor. Sure. So it's like, hey, sure. In yeah. 10 years time, in 10 years time, we will get Hawkeye uh remix uh Jeremy's version. <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's like well, no, I, 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 no, but no. Like I love Hawk. I like Hawkeye. Hawkeye is shaping up to be my favorite piece of MCU on television. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, so the way far. they massaged the way they massaged Kate's origin story to involve Clint. Yeah. Yes. And 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 just and and the Battle of New York is just yeah, and, the, and, the, and the, like the changes that they've made to adapt it from um to kind of seamlessly weave this together in three episodes where the comics had a decade. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it is brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. To better me. than the comics as far as I'm yeah. concerned for her and, origin. And, and, Echo, and Echo's, Echo's origin is almost identical to the comic version. They yep. just traded out Ronin for Daredevil or Daredevil for Ronin. Yeah. Right. Well, as far as we know, we'll see. Maybe, well, uh, maybe not, Charlie Cox is not going to take that hood off. Maybe Daredevil is involved. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the Echo, the, the Echo show is a long way away. We're right. not going to get that in Hawkeye. But um, oh, oh, and one last thing before we have to move on, JD. Um, yeah. I, can I just say how um, how much I enjoyed how they flipped the script on the car chase, yes. and that Kate and Clint did not take the Challenger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that was so great. Where he's like, I'm not gonna wreck that car. Yeah, he's like, it's beautiful. Wrecked no. anyway. <laughs> yeah. and, and then he says at the end, he's like, oh, and, 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 and it got Eric, yeah, it's like a challenger anyway. gets trashed anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, like what did not like, and that like, there's the only reason to do that is for guys like us that like. Mm -hmm. Uh, like that know the comic backwards and forwards that are like, right. yeah. uh, like casual fans do not know that there was a scene in the Hawkeye comic where they do have a car chase driving that challenge. Totally. Right, right, right. Totally. Totally. He buys it from a redhead. And right. Cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The red, the red. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's so good. They're JD, we, we got to keep moving here as we got a couple of people in line, but it is good to talk right. to you, buddy. Better days ahead. Bye, I promise. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, bud. Take care of yourself. Thanks. David Robbins. Where are you? There you are. Get in here. How are we today, sir? Doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Real good. Real good. What are we wrapping about? Well, uh, I only have a couple minutes. I'm about to catch the last train to Clarksville before uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, loving Hawkeye, like we're saying. Um, 
I got my booster on Tuesday night, so I was watching Hawkeye on Wednesday night with uh, about a 101 degree temp, but loved it anyway. Um, yeah, that's what that's what's going on with our man Frank. He got his he got his booster and he, it laid him low. Man, so. You guys are all babies. Yeah, I got flu shot booster not, same not day. No problems. Uh, Moderna, uh, triple shot Moderna all the way down. Okay. Oh yeah, see, yeah, um, we I, we got a different uh, we got a different batch of the five G. I don't know what I got. It was got some that. guy in an alley gave it to me, and I was just like, "Yeah, man, <laughs> thanks, bro." It, it, it was it was high C in a needle. Uh, <laughs> I think Matt. I think he. I think that's just liquid syphilis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I have been a little itchy. Um, I, I got two things I want to talk about. One thing is just tagging up on what JD was just saying about uh, Hawkeye's family and and uh, his his wife and all that. Um, I don't know if that relationship would be as strong or that, that portrayal would be as strong if Linda Cardellini wasn't so damn um, charming. Yeah. Just okay. absolutely 100%. adorable and charming. Yeah. She's the cutest. Yeah. I love her. Well, and, and not I, only I that, but I think that the kid, like, okay, except for the, like, complete non-entity that is the third kid, the the oldest kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, why why even include him? It's just like, you're also like, okay, dad. He's, he's <laughs> done literally nothing. <laughs> That's his um, main role. But uh, the daughter and the youngest kid that they've had since Infinity War or uh, since yeah. Age of Ultron, they are wonderful. Yeah, that young kid yeah. is nuts. I love him. He's great. Even the yeah. scene where he's just like moving his eyes around like a crazy person. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you look like you're insane. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I, I, I think there was some conversation way back in the trio's past of Nat, um, the wife, who I can't remember her name, and uh, Hawkeye, that Nat sat down and said, okay, I like you, but if you're going to be part it's of Laura. this, Laura, I, Laura. I've been, I've been searching for it the entire episode. You're not the okay. only one. If if you're going to be a part of this, I like you and I want, I like you with Clint. I think you're good for Clint, but if you're going to be part of this, there's some things that you have to know that you have to deal with and you have to accept. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, okay, what's the play? I think that's where she just said, okay, I I want this. This is what I'm going to do. This is part of the life. Yeah. And she just kind of went with it. And it's not the constant argument of, you said this was over. We weren't doing this anymore. None of that. It's just, yeah. okay, you are a hero. This is the life. This is what we're doing. I'm here to support you. Let's go. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And I would, I'll fully admit, I was one of those guys that like hated the hawk farm and hated the family. Like, cause it just seemed like you're a secret agent. This is ridiculous. And like, why would you even have a family to put in danger and whatnot? But as they build on it now and you see, Oh, yeah, like there's actually a support structure here. There is a plan. Yes. It's thought out. It's really well executed. Now I'm fully on board. Like, yeah, makes sense. And I think the biggest problem was that, yeah, we just didn't get enough of that background. They just kind of dropped it on us in the movie. And a lot of people were yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I agree that it was kind of uh, thrust onto his character. But I mean, again, Hawkeye as a character in the MCU up to that point, was a big question mark. We yeah. didn't know anything about him. And this whole thing, the whole idea that he had a secret family was kind of part of the point. Yeah, I Where, think so. Uh, you know, he was a secret agent and Tony or Tony or Nick. And I think it was Nick helped him set up this, uh, this like safe house for his family to live while he was out saving the world. Right. And yeah. like, yeah, he didn't tell his teammates because that's kind of what you do when you're a spy. You don't like reveal a bunch about yourself. Yeah. Unless you're James Bond and you go around the world giving everybody your real name. <laughs> uh, but um, I maintain James Bond is a title. 
not it, a name. Yep. It's, it's, it's not. 100. It's not, totally it's not, agree. It, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's a def- different not, debate, and we can have it another time, but that theory agreed, does not agreed. hold up to screw. I am with you 100%, uh, David. <laughs> no, James Bond is a man. Uh, anyway, um, yes, I, I think that... Um, I think that for springing them on us suddenly, to Whedon's credit, um, he did a great job establishing the idea that uh, Nat knew about the family and they were already very, very close. Yeah. Um, Because uh, she says something about um, she sees Laura and, you know, puts her hand on her pregnant belly and uh, and says, how's little how's little Natasha doing? And, uh, Linda Cardellini says, well, it's actually going to be Nathaniel. And traitor. Natasha calls her a trick, calls him a traitor, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. a, which is a wonderful little bit, bit of character development. Um, for, for all the other problems that that movie has with Natasha's character development. Yes. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, yeah. And yes, it, uh, but you know, we've gushed about them. It, it's, uh, they're great. And Marvel yeah. studios pulled off that little piece of Hawkeye's backstory very well. And let's not forget Indeed. that th- we fixed Natasha's backstory too, with a fantastic True. movie. They did an yes. excellent job. And Natasha became that character that we were projecting on Clint. Absolutely yep. did. Natasha is the secret agent, has no like family, has no background, no oh, well, relationships. Yeah. She has a I mean, friendship and then, and that is even, very important. And that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like she's, you know, she her, she lives her life uh, compartmentalized. Right. right. Like like mo- like a lot of like spy fiction mentions. Yeah. And so does her where sister she puts because, things in little boxes. Yeah. Because the way yeah, they were so, raised and trained and. It's like yeah, well, and so like, she's like she, like like Steve says in Endgame. Did she have any family? Yeah, us. Yeah, right, right. And and she's like she, you know, she's when we see her, you know, post the first Avengers movie, like in um, Winter Soldier, where she pulls up to pick up Steve in front of uh in, in front of Sam. And yep. she's, you know, cracking jokes. You know, I'm here. You guys, you guys know where the Smithsonian is. I'm here to pick up a fossil. Yeah. And, and yeah. like, you know, she's like cracking wise and being friendly. But up until that point, like, she's still like keeping secrets. Yep. She's doing shit she behind ghost. Cap's back. Yeah, she is a ghost. Uh, You're absolutely. And um, by the time of her death, uh, the Avengers are her family in a way that Clint is her family. And, yeah. uh, there's that line, a throwaway line in um, uh, it is Endgame, where um, they are in on Vormir and they're talking to the Red Skull, and uh, you know the Red Skull shows up and he's like Clint, son of whatever, and uh, Natasha, daughter of Ivan, um, and uh, just like oh, the Red Skull knows about their past, ooh. And uh, they're debating about what to do. And she says something. We're going to trust. We're going to trust him because he knows your father's name. Yeah. Cause, why? Why? Cause he, because he, yeah, because he knew your daddy's name and she says, I didn't. Yeah. And yeah. so like, and, like, it's like, man, oh, that's like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like she didn't yeah. even know like, like her own dad's dark name. shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we just want to move on quick. Um, so we're going to have a conversation coming up soon about what I think is going to happen with the behind the scenes stuff with Sony and, and Disney and Marvel, because there's some shit going on based on the seeds they're planting with these movies and these upcoming shows that 
I think there's a merger coming or a, uh, an acquisition of those rights back. Starting to wonder. Uh, that, starting to I, wonder. I would, I would not uh, there's disagree gonna be with an, that. Because, because starting with the fact that there is an animated Spider-Man show yeah. being developed for Disney Plus does not ring of a Sony contract. No. And there's some rumbling like through like the I can't remember na- the name of the Hollywood business site that everybody goes to where it's all looking at contracts. The Hollywood Reporter? It's or not the Hollywood Reporter. Or, it's something um, one of those. A deadline, I think, is the one. But where they're saying Or variety, maybe. Well, stockholders are saying watch for Sony to make a major move and da da da. And yeah. Sony talked about selling yeah, it, not too long ago. It's and like, uh, yeah, it, well, like Sony's and, and, Sony already like sold uh, like a while back when uh, when this deal with Spider-Man was first getting going, we made uh, a lot of hubbub about like how Sony had sold off a huge chunk of their yeah of their of their company like they're like okay we're not yeah. going to do this anymore and we're going to sell it all to their this intellectual company. properties yeah they were like boom yeah take. and um but, oh, but we're going to keep the marvel characters mm-hmm. sony's universe of marvel characters yeah there, there has to come a point where yeah sure you're making a lot of money but you're making a lot of money on one movie is that yeah. good to maintain an entire entertainment division right and you know? i think that uh i i think that you're totally right that we like we we had an end credits uh, we had an end credit scene in Venom two, where the multiverse burps and all of a sudden Venom is in the MCU. It's like, well, okay. By the way, and, and we see we we see um just the, the stitches that are there. Morbius drops a name drops Venom's name. Morbius interacts with yeah. uh, Adrian Toomes, who has interacted with a character interacting with Iron Man. Like and these, these oh, and there's a and, close together. And yeah. one of the posters on the uh, like he walks past a wanted poster Batman. on the wall, and it's Toby. Yeah. It's Toby Maguire's. Yeah. So yeah. like that, we talked about that too. Where it's like, well, is it, does Morbius take place in all of these universes? <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, it's super like, weird. I, I think that the I Morbius that, of Madness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think that the multiverse of madness is gonna put all this shit in a blender, and um, we're gonna see some really surprising things over the next year. Okay. Also, Disney kind of thing. Disney just <laughs> removed the Fantastic Four movies from Disney Plus. They just dropped them, well, like out of nowhere. And, is that right? And they're silent oh, wow. about it. Like no, they no comment, nothing. And people are like, "Look, those movies suck." But where did they go? And Disney's like, "But that's so weird because we already know that they have the rights back, and they put up the Legacy X Men movies." I don't understand why. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Something's definitely coming down the pipe. Last, uh, the last thing I do want to talk about, because I saw something that I don't think you guys have talked about yet. Um, I saw Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. I well, how was it? It's garbage, right? Um, it's got to be garbage. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's I mean, not. It's not a great movie. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you that, but none of the Resident Evil movies are great. No, and I love them. No, but they're, they're fun, though. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I love, love them, them because they're cheeseburger garbage, not because it's like, okay, oh, so, this is a fine wine. So this, <laughs> this movie condenses the timeline of the first two games. Okay, so it's got Chris, Leon, Claire, and Jill. Wow, um, that's a lot. All together, because, well, those games take place like two weeks apart. Yeah. But they, what, they're, what they're doing is they're saying everything happens over the same 24-hour period. Okay? <laughs> so <Sure>. while <laughs> that happens, Neil McDonough is in the movie as William Birkin. I love Neil McDonough. Oh. Okay. Okay. So he's in there. Um, the, uh, the big dude from Umbrella Academy, uh, the, the, the gorilla merged guy is, love him. um, Wesker. Love Wesker. Wesker boy. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fun. Playing, 
yeah, he's playing Wesker, and the whole thing just stitches everything together. Donald Logue plays uh, Chief Iron. I love Donald Logue um, so much. <laughs> uh, so they they they're stitching things together from like the first two games. They've got some elements of the remakes in there. They go to the orphanage, which looks like the doors of the orphanage from the Resident Evil Two remake. Yeah, game. I saw it, that in the in the trailer. I was like, Does oh. Mister X show up? <laughs> There's no Mister X, but they do a liquor. They do the the uh, William Birkin G Monster like series two with the big eyeballs on nice. the arm and like, <laughs> it's like it's bonkers there are things in there that are straight out of the game that's okay fun. They, that's fun they yeah, have good. they have neil mcdonough in a, a old like super eight real video of looking at a pair of twins where the reel says the ashfords and it's two blonde kids pulling the wings off a dragonfly oh man from uh, code veronica yeah yeah it yeah. is if you are a fan oh, of the man games, Go see this movie. It's not great, but you will go you'll watch it and go, okay, this is, they, they soften a couple of characters that I didn't really appreciate their, their motivation to do that, but they get to a place where I think everyone's going to be happy. Nice. Okay. I'm so, super excited that was, now. That I'm was super my, excited uh, now. Uh, like I, I am not like a huge Resident Evil person. I've never really played more than a few minutes of any of the games, but I know enough about them through like cultural osmosis to know, uh, that as much as I appreciate and enjoy the Mila Jovovich movies, I never yeah. thought they went far enough as far as they're like, great, as far as like the game stuff. Yeah, they're bad Resident yeah. Evil movies. And they're just, yeah. they're dumb fun, but they were bad Resident Evil movies. And look, I'm not saying I obsessively played a lot of Resident Evil games. I'm not saying that the storyline is so awesome. I need this turned no, into a movie, no. but right. if we're going to do it, that's what I want to see. Like, it's like I, look, I want uh, it to be this like, dumb. Spo- <laughs> <You know>? Spoilers <laughs> for Resident Evil Seven. Um, I watched a I watched a live play on YouTube of that, uh, or it was. Um, While you tell the story, a, David, if you got to get going, feel free to take off, man. It is good to talk to you. I do, um, but I, I'm going to be listening for a little while, guys. Um, go see that movie, or get it on on, on demand or DVD or whatever. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely I'm will. Thank you, David. In. Um. I watched a I watched a speed run through uh, every every year uh, f- a couple times a year for charity. This organization called um, uh, Games Done Quick uh, do like marathon speed through sessions of dozens of different games, right. all for charity. And one year they did Resident Evil Seven, and so I watched this guy play Resident Evil Seven on fast forward. I can't imagine Resident- a speed run through of Resident Evil Seven. I, yeah, I, I mean can't imagine. The, the, the way the the way that they these guys come up with how to speed run through games is crazy. But um, Resident Evil Seven is the one where it was the kind of the first like next gen one on like the PS4 and the and the Xbox One, where it was like the cannibal family, right? It was kind of very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And uh, it's like, okay, well, yeah, this is different than Resident Evil where it's like zombies and monster dogs. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, it's 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 different. But then the end of that game is like the and then the dad turns into a swirling death demon. Class. It's like, <laughs> well, hold on. How do we get from here to there? Not important. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, don't come at me. Don't come at me about Resident Evil lore because it's nonsense. Yeah, my only problem with the original Resident Evil, original Resident Evil movies, sorry, too much coffee, is that they stitch together a story. <laughs> you know, it's sure. like, you don't yeah, need yeah. to do that. Just do the thing, you know? Just, just do the thing, we right, need. exactly. Jimbo, get in here and do the thing, will you? How are you today? I'm doing great. We got, we got end of the year numbers. Oh, end of the year oh, numbers. Yeah, buddy. 
Okay, so we're going to do top 10. I think it's important to do this top 10. So we're going to do High Q, 4.3 million. <laughs> Kingdom, 4.6. Spy Family, 4.9. Chainsaw Man, 5.2. One Piece. One Piece is in six, which is blowing everyone's minds right now. Seven million. Well, One Piece is over. Give me a break. Yeah. Damn. Uh, my, yeah, My Hero, 7.1. Uh, Attack on Titan, 7.3. Now, here are the big ones. Tokyo Revengers, 24.9. Jesus. That's Demon a big Slayer. jump. Demon Slayer still going strong at 29.5. Holy. And number, number one is Jujutsu Kaisen at 30 million. Woo. Okay. So when we look at American comics, like, and their numbers are nowhere near there, but like, if you look at the top 10, it's not mm-hmm. like number one sold 5 million and number two sold 5,000, <laughs> you know, like that's an amazing right. jump. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the difference between 7 million and 20 million is pretty. Yeah. Mammoth. And if yeah. you're saying like number three, it's checking in number three at 7 million is this. And then at number two, 24 million. That's insanity. Right. So you're looking at all. So all of these have anime adaptations or planned anime adaptations. Spy family and chance on man will be out next year. Right. Um, Spy Family is interesting because it's a digital only, and then you can buy physical copies later. Everything else is usually published in their weekly or monthly magazine. Right. So that is a a positive trend. Um, we're seeing a lot more. They're trying digital releases. I would assume send- that's a shakeup. Yeah. Like that's got to be oh, yeah. seismic, yeah. right? Because yeah. I because yeah. it seems like forever now that this. I mean, you go manga. If hit, then anime, and then right. that makes manga bigger hit, and then ship it to the states, and it's a worldwide hit. Boom. Right. Yeah. These. So, digital, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Let me. If I could ask you a quick aside, Jim. Um, yeah. When we talk about American comic sales, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh man, like the the the, the highest selling comic in quite a while uh, sold. Uh, so, oh, for, as an example. Um, Star Wars number one, when Marvel got the Star Wars license back mm-hmm. um, about, I don't know, what was it, Matt? Six, seven years ago? Something like that. Uh, they re- they launched a new Star Wars number one with a very big name creative team. And they came back and boasted that the sales on that were over a million copies, which it was um, something that had not happened since the 90s. Right. But then we come to find out, not only is that is the... Um, the bulk of that, no, not the bulk, but a, a big portion of that number, um, as with all comic sales figures, that's just the number of copies sold to retailers right. for resale. And then the rest of it, the largest portion of it is because they put it in uh, every loot crate. Right. That month, monthly loot crate and boxes, so, and like they padded their numbers with a bunch of nonsense. Well, they so also had deals up, with GameStop. They had deals yes, with right. I can't yeah, remember the other, but it, there was like here's your exclusive yeah, GameStop big box, cover, big box stores, places you wouldn't normally see comics, right? And um, so like traditionally, when we talk about American comic sales, and like it's a big deal when a comic book get, hits like two or three hundred thousand, um, and that's like a major major release. And that's all. That's like that's the number of copies sold to comic book stores in North America, right? Um, with numbers for manga, are we talking something similar, or is it, it like is, are, are we saying like these are these copies are, these are in copies the hands in, of people? These are copies in circulation. Yeah. These these they do not include digital. Digital mm. is something separate. 
um, they do not, uh, there's, as far as I know, there's no like, oh, we sold this many to a GameStop because they don't need to do that because the right. sales numbers are so big. So these right. are just sales to shops and, you know, things on the street. Well, and the other side of this is, you yeah, know, these are book sales. These are not floppy sales where right, you yeah. have one company that dominates a marketplace. So, you know, like right, these are right. just full like, on books. So sales. if you, if you say like a, a, a volume in the States, if a, if a volume of Jujutsu Kaisen costs seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. you get like, uh, multiply that by a, a million billion copies. Right. It's well, pretty yeah, big. Yeah. These sales numbers are volumes. So volumes are yeah. about eight to nine chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, that are that are put together. So if you look at the volume sales, the number one was Demon Slayer at 5.1 million, volume 23, which was the final volume. But I guess mm-hmm. what I was, was saying is like, yes. it, if you look at like the way Penguin Random House reports book sales for trade paperbacks, those are book sales. If you look at the way that the top 500 comics are reported in sales, those are sales to comic book stores. Okay, Not but uh, like as Jim people, Jim said that these you know. these are books in circulation, which just means they, that they, they were sold to a reseller, right? Not or necessarily sold. the numbers sold by the seller to the public, right? But but it would include like if I buy a volume on Amazon, my sale does go directly into that. Yes. Yeah. So it's a we're ta- it's a different we're, it's a different yeah, it's kind just of thing we're talking it's, about. It's, it's different. It's kind of the same, but it's yeah, it's mostly different. Uh, just the way that that marketplace. Well, works. and it, I mean, look, it can be it can be exactly the same because uh, because it doesn't matter. There's so there's such a huge commercial success compared to American comics that it doesn't matter if it was. 20 million copies sold to one guy. Right. It, like, it's like, yeah, great. <laughs> Good job. Well, you and like the Demon Slayer anime that was on Netflix, that had like reported downloads as high as like the MCU shows. So, uh, yeah, like, this it, it, is I mean, yeah. massive. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, a true phenomenon. Yeah. Like yeah. a huge, huge cultural. Yeah, the, the one thing about Energy of that, it, it, it has ended. It is officially over. It ended last, the last chapter was published last year. Right. So, this, like, so they don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what's going to do. She's very young. The artist, she's turned 20, she turned 35 or six this year, I think. So whatever she next does, I mean, the dump truck of money is up there. Yeah. Yeah. She's got her whole life ahead totally. of her. Totally. So not sure what they're going to do with that, but that's, those are the numbers. It's, those are very good because they all have animes or announced animes, which shows the importance of that. And when you have the top three, those animes hit so freaking hard like tokyo revengers before the anime release only had two million in circulation period yeah and then after that and then 22 additional like what right ends the year with 20 times that that yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's wild yeah so strange yeah yeah I just, I, I, it's like, why can't we get it together, America? Why can't we get it together and do this? I don't know. I, I I mean, you know, we've talked about this already on the show a billion times, but it's, it's just it. Like at some point, our culture was like, oh yeah, it's not cool to read comics, and that's that was it. That was the bullet in the back of the head of, of, of of comics essentially right. as far as like mass media but now mass, it is uh, cool appeal. to read comics but the, the here lies but the they're rub. not reading comics they're yes. watching the movie it's cool to say you read comics and not read comics and then get online right. and yell about things you don't understand <laughs> right now i want to know if there's like an equi- if there's like an anime manga equivalent to like that american fan uh, quote-unquote fan where it's like uh, i can't believe they're replacing hawkeye with a girl well like how many hawkeye comics have well, you read Sir. Anime has its own issues. I mean, anime and manga has a very, if you 
I mean, look, it is a Japanese art form, but you could also say, well, everybody in it is Japanese and that can be a problem. There's no black representation. There's not, there's sometimes white American representation, but like it's yeah. pretty, you know, like Asian washed and that's monolithic. It. Yeah. You know, and well, it, yeah, like, is that uh, good or bad? I, I, monoculture. I don't really know, but like they have their own issues and they are, there are people that are trying to change that. And there are fans that hate it, you know, just like anything else. So yeah. there's it, issues it, there it, too. A lot of stuff, Joe, you don't run into that kind of like Hawkeye or whatever, because there's no crossovers. There's yeah. Right. I can't, I can't believe they replaced monkey with a girl. You know, yeah, <laughs> like we're not getting any of that. Yeah, that never happened because it, they're, there's stories that do have endings, even though one piece is, you know, a thousand chapters now it, it will end. Well, and right. also correct it, me if funny. I'm wrong, but it seems like when you go from manga to anime, they just make the story from the book. There isn't a lot of changes. Maybe it's condensed, but the story uh, is no, the story, so right? You, you, yeah. Usually what you'll have is you will have um, additional like fight. Like Jujutsu Kaisen is a good example. Like the author's fighting is so detailed in the manga that they have to expand the fights or the, the episode to be really short. Right. My, so my hero academia is the same thing. We'll have yeah. like three episodes that are just one fight. <laughs> basically. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. They usually don't do that. Um, Dragon Ball, of course they did the whole, you know, expanding and, you know, slow pan and stuff like that. Right. But they've gotten away of that. Sure. The, the really recently. In the- yeah, so it's like how we gotta we got hold on we gotta make room for three episodes of Goku oh. exploding into a oh, fireball. That's not, there was yeah, Dragon is. Ball storylines where it's like one oh, fight yeah. lasted a month and a half. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I just think it's so interesting, and like especially like that stuff you brought up, Matt, that I didn't really consider, but of course is obviously true is the, the idea that they're very monoculture. Yeah, um, over there, and it's like. It's a, it's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of a weird thing for an American fan to parse because it's like, yeah, in America, it's important to have representation of uh, genders and races. And, but in Japanese, like in Japan, you most of the people in Japan are Japanese. Well, <laughs> it's like, and right, another aspect. I'm not wrong about that. Am I? Like, no, you know, no. I mean, you, I mean, get, you get very small snippets like bleach was pretty famous because the main character's best friend was a mexican japanese guy from military wow yeah and and so people back were like what because you know this guy's not you know you're he was a darker color skin right right and so reading from our perspective of America, we're like oh of course that makes we, we don't that's great but yeah like there, we would never think we yeah. would think twice you know, about that there's yeah, also an really, issue with like the depiction of women in, and I'm not saying in, in a lot of what you've, you know, just listed off as popular stuff, but there is definitely oh, an issue oh, yeah. uh, with the prediction. Uh, and it's not just like sexualizing them, but making them look very, very young, young yes, and sexualizing yeah. them. And yeah. and it's, that it's is weird. starting to change, too. And I right. and I assume there's people that are like, well, wait a minute. I like looking at little kids underwear, you know, <laughs> like the, yeah. the, the new JoJo's Star Ocean on Netflix just happened this week. And what's very important about oh, that is first is female Joe, first female Joe star or whatever female right? lead character. Right. Like, you don't you don't get that a lot. And like stuff I just read there. Sure. There are female characters, but. And how long has Jojo all- been around? Since the long 80s. time since the yeah, 80s. Long time. And we're getting the first female lead character today. 
yeah, it's <laughs> just a, it's an interesting. It's an like I bet you like you could write you know you could write um, dissertations about like the cultural differences in the comics, and I think it's just very interesting to get Jim's perspective. I appreciate it. Um, this is my very casual way of saying it's 1220 PM and we should probably, right. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, thank you, Jim. Like, I, I think it's fascinating. I, I love it. Uh, I, and I, I love hearing about it. I just, I think it's so interesting how different things are, how things are accepted differently there. Right. And things that we take for granted here are not the norm there and vice versa. And it's yeah. just, it's wild to, to talk about how different the two comic reading audiences and comic creating um, people are. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's, cool. it's super cool. It's wild. Jim, good to talk to you, man. Later, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye, bud. All right, kids, show's right. We got to get moving and get out of here. But thank you for everybody that played along today. We're going to give our answers to the question of the week when we get off here. So you got to download the show to hear that. Head over Gosta. to our uh, Patreon. We've got our take a look. It's in a book about Kieran Gillen's volume one of The Eternals is up. It was a ton of fun. And we got into like, as usual, we got way off topic and got into some heavy Jack Kirby discussion. <laughs> that was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, we did. It yeah, we did. Great. It was pretty great. We'll be back. Uh, uh, real quick, oh. just to check in with the chat real fast um, uh, before we uh, sign off. Uh, Todd Turner says, um, in America, in America, we're now starting to see even more new groups represented. It's not just about gender or sexuality yeah. or color. Um, we're getting like characters with MS, characters with disabilities, yeah. uh, Echo is hearing impaired, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it, it is it is especially important in America. Oh, Echo's an um, amputee, by the way, as well. Echo, Echo is not an amputee. On the show, Echo is an amputee, Joe. She, her left foot is fake. It's a guy. Oh, I didn't post. I didn't with. Yeah. She's that actress is a deaf oh, amputee. Yes. I did not know. I did not know that. And I did not catch that. Yeah. Echo in the comics is just, is deaf, but, um, yeah, but I mean that, but that's great. That's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, and the, also the importance, not only of showing them in, uh, that representation in the comics, but also when you are now taking that character and making the leap from comic to screen that um, it's like, look, it's one thing to cast Jeremy Renner, like to keep Jeremy Renner. He's been around for the whole time. Um, he's not actually hearing impaired in real life, but if you're going to cast echo, maybe find a deaf actress, right? You know, or yeah. Uh, or uh, somebody, uh, a character that's actually in a wheelchair or whatever. Right. And I, I think uh, like, we don't need to like, it's okay to cast people that look different in roles representing characters that are different. Right. No. And, it, and it's awesome. And it's, it's about time we start doing it because I get really sick of the best looking bank robber in the world and the right. most gorgeous yeah. police chief you've ever seen. Uh, like the, <laughs> like, the most, the most recent discourse most I saw. The police chiefs like, I've seen are pretty well, ugly dudes. <laughs> why, like, why are we casting Jared Leto to play this ugly ass old man in house of Gucci when there are plenty of ugly ass old men sure. to, to play that character? Sure. But and I mean, like, yeah, of because course, you're, you're loading right. up house of Gucci to get people to come see it. Yeah. Well, point. yeah, I get it. But it's, it's like, look, man, you, you can cast old people in roles for old characters. You don't have to cast a heartthrob and then make him look old. Sure. But that's how you win Oscars. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right. It is voicemail time in this damn ziggurat. It's Jason Sachs. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I want to say I am thankful for you and for the whole THN community. Aww. Thanks for being out there. Wish I called more, but I am so grateful to get to listen in to two shows a week. You're so much 
cleverness and fun and enjoyability. Uh, <laughs> it's just a great uh, way to spend my time. So thanks for doing oh, this. So I have you. a answer to the question of the week, although it's a slightly different answer than you're expecting. I'm not sure if that makes sense. So a comic that I picked up and was an incredible surprise and treat and thrill for me. So this is kind of a me kind of a story. Uh, so back in the day, uh, there was a magazine called Amazing Heroes and the Amazing Heroes used to run these preview specials. And one of the comics that was hyped in one of the old Amazing Heroes preview specials was a comic called The Redeemer, written by Joe Kubert, actually done with Everything done by Joe Kubert. And I was fascinated by it. It's a, a story of a evil being who is fought by another being who is resurrected over the ages. And that being kind of there, they're in an internal conflict. It sounded so fascinating to me. And uh, DC actually had a release date for it. They, were, they had another issue of Amazing Heroes that hyped the comic. And then it never came out. Flash forward about 15, no, 25 years. I'm at a half price books and there's something sitting there in the quarter bin called Joe Kubert Presents. I pick it up kind of blindly thinking, yeah, Joe Kubert Presents. This will be a fine enough uh, book. I think it'll be entertaining. And lo and behold, what's inside it but the first story of The Redeemer. So after 25 years, I finally got to read the story. It turns out two more issues had... Uh, the second and third issues of the Redeemer. Joe Kubert had abandoned the series way back in the day because he was just too busy. But like, it was actually fantastic. And it was like, not just like a cool discovery to get to reread this thing after all these years, but it was actually a great freaking fantastic comic book. And so it was like this amazing discovery that like completely heightened my life and just remove this weird little thing that had been hanging out in my head forever. <laughs> That's awesome. So again, there's my answer. Really Not cool. quite the question this week, but uh, anyway, made me extremely happy. Thanks. And I'll see you later. That's awesome. Cause not Jason, only did you. he like find this thing that he didn't know he had, but it also like, solved this problem that he forgot he had <laughs> yeah right That's yeah incredible. it's like uh, you know i i i have um i have uh similar moments like that sometimes with comics like this, it's a little bit different but where it's like like i remember a comic that i had as a child right right where it's like it's it's got a character in it an obscure character in it and like nobody could possibly remember this comic but me um, and then I would see that character show up in like Avengers, the initiative. <laughs> it's like, Oh shit, it's red nine. Oh my God. It's red nine. Uh, or it's when they, 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 it's, uh, when they kept, uh, they've called back to like the, that white rabbit comic with, uh, with Frogman that we reviewed. It's like, Oh, right. uh, I thought I was the only one that loved that comic. And here's the white. Ra and it's like, you know what? At nine, 90% of the time it's Dan Slot. Yeah. Uh, that red nine shit that was Dan Slot. Yeah. He put red nine in the initiative, and I like that's for me. It's Dan like, Slot is a nerd's nerd, and that is yeah, and, without uh, question. I, and I, like I love shit like that. Like it's a little obviously it's a little bit different where it's Jason Jason's describing like this comic, this unknown, this lost to time comic, right? Um, but like I do love it where it's like here's a thing that I remember 
loving as a kid that nobody remembers. And then here it is. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's so great. It's, it's such cool a good feeling. Yeah. And Jason, Hey man, thank you for the kind words. We are thankful for you. And uh, not only for all the listeners, but also uh, for like how you contribute to the show. Yeah, on Take the a look free and, work you do. <laughs> uh, and who the hell is this guy? And uh, like, we make a lot of jokes about how we're too lazy to do the work ourselves, which is only partially true. Um, but it's always been important for us to like, make this your show as well as ours. And we are grateful that people like it and yeah. appreciate it. And, and the real truth is we ask you to do it because you do it better than we ever could. No, it's true. And you bring a perspective. That's not just like the same shit. Matt and I have been right. screaming at each other for 20 years. So. Right. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jason. Great call. Happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, keep kicking ass, bud. All right. We love you. We're moving on. Here we go. Hey, now it's Brian Domingos. Um, if, uh, Joe, if you have not read uh, last week's Flash yet, um, oh, I read it. Definitely go check it out. It's got I some did. pretty interesting storytelling in it, and yeah. um, generally is a lot of fun. Um, Hawkeye, um, I'm all caught up on that. It has been excellent. Um, it is really what I've been looking for out of uh, these Marvel shows, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, my uh, answer of the week: um, I was going through a box of old issues, kind of just quarter bin stuff that I would sell at a yard sale. And um, I found I had an issue of uh, issue number one of saga was in it unbagged and boarded just in there. Um, <laughs> wow. So I threw it in a bag and board and sold it on eBay for a um, hundred bucks, ho- hoping that uh, nobody would call me on the uh, quality. Cause it wasn't pretty, it was in very good shape, but who knows? Um, but if I'd known um, that there was something, um, if it was recently, I would get in touch with Patrick to get him to clean it up for me and get it slapped and, and real really make some more, uh, some real money off it. Yeah. Uh, but that was a long time ago. Um, all right, that's it. Have a good week. Brian Domingos uh, selling saga <laughs> right yes. away. Like, I don't know how this for sale. <laughs> yeah. A, a rare, a rare week where Brian couldn't be with us, uh, live. Appreciate the voicemail. Um, last week's flash, uh, was great. It kind of harkened back. At least the cover did. It harkened back a lot to the silver age, DC, especially Silver Age Flash, where it's like... What issue of Flash is this, technically? 776. 776, okay. I, where on the cover, it's like, stop, if you don't buy this comic, I'll I'll die, <laughs> you know? Or <Right. laughs> it's like Justice League International did it in the 80s, where it's like, if you don't buy this comic, we're going to kill this cat. And Maybe it's power, not 776 then, man- the cover man- this man- one cat. is Dr. Fate grabbing the Flash. Yeah, that's it's the Flash number seven hundred and seventy six. It's got Doctor Fate on the cover. Oh, okay, I just didn't see. The and it's not that he's grabbing the Flash; it's that he's pulling the cover oh, aside. Oh, I see now. Okay, yeah, he's yeah, breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Yeah, and so the whole comic is like that. And uh, so Jeremy Adams, the writer, and Fernando Pesarin, the artist, um, this whole issue breaks the fourth wall in a way that involves the reader or, you know, pretends to involve the reader in the actual result of the story, the outcome of the story. And at the end, you find out that they're not, you know, whatever. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, it's it's a great little piece of comic book magic. That's fun. Um, and it's it's very cool. Uh, if you're not reading The Flash uh, since Jeremy Adams took over and Wally became The Flash again, you're missing out. It's great. Hey, guys, James Kaplan here. Um, I don't have an answer for the question of the week, but I was just calling... Um, I had a few things on my mind. The first one was uh, just how great this week's episode of Hawkeye was. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I really enjoyed the first two. It was, it, so it's not to say that I didn't enjoy the first two. I really did. But this third one was like just at a whole other level better, I think, just because it was this great combination of really emotional stuff um, with regards to the character of Echo. I don't think that's a spoiler, just to say. Oh, we already spoiled um, the hell out of it. Don't worry. Really emotional stuff with her background. Like, like I immediately cared about her and her family yeah. in the first three minutes of the show or whatever. But also fantastic action. That card first, like, the sort of very, like, Jackie Chan-esque um, escape sort of sequence in the, um, in the warehouse. And then the, um, you, you know, the very, like, amazing car chase with all the trick arrows and stuff. Anyway, so that was one thing just to say, like, hey, I'm loving Hawkeye. It's really enjoyable. And I, right, this episode may have been one of the first times I genuinely was like, wow, I really liked Jeremy Renner. He was great. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing is just that I'm kind of, the other thing on my mind is that I'm working on my year-end uh, favorite comics list. And, you know, at first I was like, I don't know, did I, were there really a lot of comics I liked from this year? Turns out, yes, there were a ton. And DC near the end of the year keeps putting out these fantastic um you know comics like with maybe whether they're black label or not black label or whatever but like uh that woman wonder woman historia was incredible yeah. like the art was just mind-boggling um human target uh like so oh. much fun and great you know greg smallwood is incredible human target and number then, two you know a little bit earlier that Chris chang that Catwoman book. Catwoman, um, anyway, City. Um, yeah. I guess that was it. I'll uh, uh, talk to you some other time. Take care. I mean, DC. There is a there is a lot to like. For as much as we complain about Fear State, Future State, whatever going on in like the traditional normal books, sometimes uh, DC is k- killing it with various projects like Catwoman, Lonely City, yeah, Human Target. Wonder Woman Historia, um, Batman Nightwing. the Detective, the Tom Taylor book. Yeah, the Tom. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Night Nightwing. Nightwing. Right now, I can't. I cannot tell you enough. That this week's issue, uh, so this good. week's Nightwing Annual, is so good. And like, if you're somebody who's like, I can't believe they brought Jason Todd back from the dead. The Red Hood sucks. Blah blah blah. I don't like it. I agree. I'm with you. I don't like it. This issue was all about the strained brotherly relationship between Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, and it is amazing. So, yeah, DC, they're killing it. They're killing it with some projects, and then some projects are Fear State. And, but even to be fair, we said a lot of the Fear State books are really, really good. Individually, yeah. The problem is just like the morass that it became where right like, what are right. we doing it, it's like dc can't stop themselves yeah. from taking a good thing and then ruining it yeah but sometimes that you know like we're not going to get 10 human target crossover books right we're just going to get human target exactly we're not gonna like the the flash the, like the flash is good but i doubt it's I, it's certainly not in the top 10 and we're not going to get any huge flash centric nonsense. And quite honestly, this uh, writer is probably a filler while they're looking for a bigger name. I, I mean, I don't know. You know? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it, it's a shame that like the books that make the most waves are the weakest. Yeah. At least in terms of their incontinuity, you know, ongoing saga stuff. But um, yeah, I agree. 
I love it. I love a lot of what DC is doing right now. A one star squadron comes out next week. I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. But uh, Hawkeye, the stuff with Echo, I wanted to mention because it didn't came up, come up at all. And James reminded us about his uh, her father. Yeah. Um, her father was played by uh, an actor named Zahn McLarnon. He hangs out at my coffee shop when he's in Omaha. He has family no here in Omaha. Shit. Yeah. Like, um, I walked in and he was sitting there and I'm just like, Hey man, and he was so nice about it. He like, uh, yeah, I, and, like, I, I bet. And he just looked at me, and he was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm really good." And like, you just hang out in Omaha? He's like, "Yeah, my mom's here or something." And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Oh shit! They're like, "That's cool," you know. And then like, bought him a coffee. <laughs> like, that's great. And like, you want another um, cup of coffee? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, like, and that's so great. And I, I love to hear a story about a guys like that being total sweethearts he echo's father is a very um sympathetic character on in in hawkeye yeah but um if you look at this actor's previous work most notably his role as hanzi in fargo where he is a nightmare man yeah uh it's just like oh like when i saw him on screen i was like oh shit (laughs) oh no it's the guy from fargo but uh he's so good he's so so good the thing they did, and it was so, it was this gentle thing that you may not have even noticed, but when Echo is talking to her dad as a kid, and she's like, oh, why didn't you send me to the deaf school? And and he's like, oh, sweet. And he kind of plays it off like, oh, it was kind of expensive or whatever. But then he says a thing to her where he just gently looks at her and he says, you don't need that. You don't need to do that. And it's yeah. just, oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like, you are a deaf amputee child and you have to be better than right. everyone. Well, like, and, yeah. And like, like where he said, you're going to end up being stronger for, yeah. for it. And he's like, like I think I'm, the thing about not, not being torturing able to her, he's, he's not torturing her. He's oh, you know, pushing I, her. Right. And, and like, I think like, that, um, oof. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Oh man, his first film role was uh, doing a voice of the in the English dub of My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, hey. yeah. I think the thing about not being able to afford the deaf school was real, and, and that he didn't want to admit it, and then he did. But when he like that whole thing about how he, it's like, yeah, you're going to end up being better mm-hmm. having not done that like yeah you're be stronger That's and it's like it's, that was very cool it's such a cooler take you know than like the abusive dad and like i and it made me hard and that's who i am like this is a dad that genuinely loves his little girl and realizes you're native american you're an amputee and you're deaf you're not gonna have any help anywhere so guess what you don't get any you learn to do it yourself you learn to be who you are man so impressive yeah (laughs) it's so good and and that's and that's just another that's just another um example of like how hawkeye is nailing the smaller character moments yeah it's not loki it's not wandavision nobody's casting lightning bolts nobody's time traveling like it's it's a it's a character piece it's a personal story it's a street level character piece and if you can't get that right then it's a failure. Totally. Because there's nothing to fall back on. There's nothing flashy to fall back on. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to our answers to the question of the week. Mine. Uh, totally weird. And I just happened upon it probably about three weeks ago while I was moving some stuff in my basement. Didn't even know I had it. And I'll just name the book and you tell me what it is, Joe Patrick. It's Marvel Preview, Volume 1, Number 7. This was a Marvel magazine. It was Marvel. Star Lord. Nope. Marvel presents 
Satana is on the cover. It is the first appearance of a Guardian, but not oh, Star-Lord. It's Marvel Preview as the magazine? Marvel Preview presents Satana on the cover. And I think I picked it up a long time ago as a kid because I was just like, I'm horny for Satana. Because she's like, oh, you know, like boobs. And like, <laughs> she's got like a big cutout thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have no it, memory of buying I mean, it. It's not Rocket, is it? It is Rocket Raccoon's first appearance. They call him Rocky. It's in a backup storyline. Uh, it's the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon. I had no idea. Idea why I bought it, when I bought it, but it had to have been horny kid picking it up because Satana was so sexy in the cover. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly, yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, uh, I would not have been surprised if it had been Star Lord. He similarly first appeared in a magazine and then and then got a feature in one of those uh, Marvel premiere, Marvel preview comics. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that is great um, for me. Like, it, it's almost cheating, but like spending so many years working in the comic store, like by the time I stopped collecting comics, my collection of modern books was pretty comprehensive and also pretty fairly ridiculous. Like, you know, I would find things that I picked up on a whim and it would be like, oh, this is the very first 30 days of night. Uh, you know, I ended up selling it to our friend Joel for 30 bucks because he wanted it for Christmas for a Christmas gift. Uh, and I, I'm sure it's worth way more than that now. But so like tons of little examples like that. Um, like I had a full run of Walking Dead up to a point that like I just threw in boxes, you know, like nobody even thought it was going to be a thing until it was suddenly a thing. Yeah. But I think the biggest surprise for me was um, after I had switched over from comics to uh, just buying collections, I ended up uh, just I, I snapped up stuff left and right as as much as I could. I was looking online and I found that like, why are these hardcovers suddenly so very valuable? And it was um, a couple of earlier Brian Michael Bendis books. I had the complete Ultimate Marvel team up hardcover, and the first uh, Jessica Jones, uh, the first Alias Omnibus, or the Alias Omnibus, which I think is complete. Actually, it's the whole series. Yeah. And both of those books were like fetching big buku bucks. Yeah, that was one of those stupid things where someone went, "Oh, because the books went out of print. They're you know, not they, in print. Marvel let them put a, put them out of print. Yeah. yeah, and then they just went to eBay. It was like out of print, three hundred dollars. And someone's like, "It's out of print. I'll pay three hundred dollars." And now, oh, is it worth three hundred? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're worth they're worth what somebody's willing to give you right. for them. And uh, so it's just like, oh, it's like this book. This book. First of all, Ultimate Marvel Team Up, it's fun, but it's certainly not essential Ultimate Comics no. reading. I do have a page from uh, Ultimate Marvel Team Up right here. Right yeah, Phil Hester with the yeah. Hulk. Um, nope, Spidey. It, it's Phil Hester with Spider-Man. It was the Spidey but Hulk team the, up, but the that's page That's the issue is with the Hulk, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's Ultimate Marvel Team Up, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just saying my page is just Spidey. Oh, I, for some reason, I thought the Hulk was in it. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's just one of those things where it's like I was in the right place at the right time and I ended up with like a pretty ridiculous collection of books that um, it, uh, striking while the iron was hot would have been a smart idea and I ended up only doing it once or twice. Because you would don't suck um, There you go. Yeah, it's just like, hey, that's the, and that's how I, that's like part of the reason why I, why I realized it's like I'm not a collector, man. Well, that's the other sure. thing. Like we weren't collectors. We were readers. Right. And like right. we were we were nerds for the comics and we dealt with plenty of people who didn't even read the comics, who just came in and bought the hot thing, bagged and bored it and immediately yeah. went to eBay or put it in a box marked put on eBay in five years. <laughs> right, right, like yeah. we were never those guys. We were the no, nerds that read um, because we loved it. 
we had a there was a guy there was a guy that used to come into the shop i think i think his name was terry maybe um he looked like skinny santa claus he had a big old bushy white yeah beard, terry uh, yeah and he wore like a you know michael j fox uh you join in the navy son kind of a vest thing mm-hmm. and um he would spend hours wandering in the shop filling long boxes of comics and uh I can only imagine what that collection was like. He passed away and, and uh, it got picked over pretty good. But um, there was one other guy. There was one other guy. Um, he was hearing impaired. He came into the shop once or twice. And he filled long boxes of comics as well. So many, in fact, that we had to wheel them out to his car on a handcart. Yeah. That's not necessarily unusual. There are big time collectors like that out there. What, what made this unusual uh, was that he exclusively bought bad girl comics oh yeah so he would wander the back issue bins buying up like lady death oh yeah sinja well, and, and we'd see him not- come and be like stay right there and he'd come out and be yeah. like here's a whole <laughs> like yeah here's all the stuff and that like, like we have doubles and triples of you want those he'd be like yep we'll take them yeah you know? and, and <laughs> like, so like he all came yours in, buddy he came in like only like once or twice and then we never saw him again and dave uh occasional guest host dave demarco uh, made a joke that he was actually a time traveler from the far future and the only <laughs> um the only historical records to survive were bad girl comics and it was his job to preserve the the record Right. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense. Or yeah. alternate reality where Kevin Feige got a hold of like chaos comics. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and it became the biggest thing in the world. And Disney, right? Yeah, Disney the, Plus the, is the, like your source CCU. for chaos yeah, right. TV. <laughs> he says Kevin Feige was sworn to the black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough of this BS. Let's get out of here. Thanks to everyone who called in and played along or sent an MP3. Thanks to all our viewers on Facebook. We love your comments. And sharing the segment with you, nerds, is just too much fun. Don't forget to give us a like while you're there. You know, that doesn't hurt. It's a good thing. It gets yeah, you know what? Uh, like if you if you haven't liked the THN fan page, uh, the the actual official THN uh, Facebook page or the fan page yeah. or twi- uh, so Twitter or Instagram, like that stuff helps us. Yeah. So um, please, yeah, give us a like or a follow or what? Smash that bell. You know, whatever the kids say on YouTube. Don't forget to like um, and subscribe, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. But it does, it does really help us, and um, we appreciate it. Just a note: uh, no cover to cover next week, December eleventh. We're having our Christmas party. Yep. Uh, and uh, we'll be back the week after for a full week of shows. We will still have the review show next Wednesday. Joey, before we get out of here, we actually thought about it, and we have a holiday-themed question of the week. Yeah, that's right. This week's question was submitted by us in honor of the season. Which comic book family? Would you most like to spend the holidays with? Now, let me ask you: Are you a member of the family, or are you just invited? I mean, no. This is this is you as this is you as Matt Bomb, not you as Matt Richards. Okay. The secret fourth. That's where I was going to go. The secret third I was Richards like, child. I want to be the shitty black sheep kid. You know. No, 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 like, no, no. It's like you, you as yourself. Which fam? Which comic book family okay. would you most like to spend the holidays with? Um, and so you've got uh, two weeks to think about it, noodle that, and uh, we'll we will be back on the uh, math is hard the uh, 18th. I was gonna say I'm not telling you. I'm looking right at it. I'm not telling. You. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I I got confused because I put the date we're missing in the script, and I confused it for today's date. And adding seven to eleven. No, I, I confused it with today's date. It's not today's date. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back for cover to cover on the 18th. You have until then to get us your answers to that question. All right. Be sure to head over to Patreon, check out our Take a Look It's in a Book segment, and thank you to everybody that supports us on Patreon. And if you want to hear it, $1 a month. That's nothing. 
$1 a month, you can hear this damn segment. And it's a great time. We'll be back this Wednesday with a new Cosmic Long Box episode. Omicron is sweeping the nation. And here we thought it was a Transformer thing. So we're doing it Transformers themed. It's when Transformers attack. We're doing Transformers crossovers. When they showed the uh, robots in disguise showed up in your favorite comic books. It'll be super fun. Coming your way. Watch for that. But for now, it's time for us to get out of here. My name is Matt Bomb. And my name is Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>